Marketing and selling is essential in your online business. And when you have the right strategies and mindset, you not only can make a lot of money, but you can change a lot of lives. Welcome to the Online Marketing Podcast, where we help course creators, membership owners, and coaches market and sell their offers. We're your hosts, Paul and Melissa Pruitt. Let's dive in and get started. Welcome to our launch interview series, where Paul and I interview successful online entrepreneurs about their launches. In this interview, we speak to Ellen Johnson. Ellen Johnson started her journey with a brick and mortar business, which she closed and transitioned to a full online business. Now, when she transitioned, she had a very small list, but she really focused on creating relationships with the people on her list. And throughout time, she did different things, learned different things, and her launches improved. And now she has a very successful online business and continues to thrive in the online space. So let's go ahead and listen to Ellen as she shares her experiences with launching. So Ellen, can you give us an idea of how you started? Everyone has a story. And so we definitely don't yeah. have to go back into the beginning of time, but <laughs> how did you get started in this whole online business journey of yours? It's an interesting question. So I had a brick and mortar retail store for 14 years and my husband had a medical crisis in January of 2017. And that prompted me to do a lot of soul searching about, you know, just exactly what the future was going to hold. And um, I decided after a lot of back and forth that it was time for me to close that door on the shop. So I did, uh, went ahead. Uh, of course, he recovered and, and is doing great now. But at the time, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I thought, well, yeah, this is this is a good thing. So I decided that after he got better. So that was in January. The store closed in May, of course, because anytime you close down uh, a physical business like that, it takes time to to do all those things. And so I had my last day um, at the store in, I think it was May 27th, 2017. And after that, took a little bit of time to just kind of figure out, you know, what was this going to look like? Because he was better at that point and I wasn't ready to retire. And I found Ryan Levesque's Ask Method course. Mm-hmm. And I don't, honestly, I don't remember what prompted me to, uh, to sign up for that class. And all these years later, that's the one class that I credit with being the thing that helped set me up for success in the online space because it helped me to identify who is my avatar and who or how can I best serve them? So yeah, I took that class and then had some ideas about what I wanted to do um, uh, to create an online resource center for needle pointers. And so it all just kind of fell into place. So that may be a little bit more than everybody wanted to know, but hey, there you go. No, no. <laughs> love it, love it. And, and it's interesting because you said 14 years of brick and mortar. Did that have to do with needlepoint? At yes, all? it was. Okay. It actually so, was. It was a knitting and needlepoint store. So wow. yeah. So how how did you feel internally? Because I know like a lot of us that like we we have a job or a career or a business that's in the real world where it's tactical, like you're touching, you're feeling, you're meeting local clients and you're getting those relationships. And then yeah. suddenly, like here's the entire world. Like here's this online space. It's not like Joan and Bob that you know that are down the street that are going to come into your store every month, but it's like you're talking to complete strangers. You know, how are you mentally during that that point? 
it was really kind of strange because I think I was at that place where I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And, you know, so, and I wasn't afraid. I made the decision to pursue the needlepoint side of the business because, as I mentioned, it was a knitting and needlepoint store, and those are two very different forms of needlework. So I decided to to go with the needlepoint side because I felt like that audience was less well served. So after I, you know, had gone through this course and I still had my email list. So that that and I guess I should back up and say I chose not to sell the business because I thought if I ever want to do anything with this in the future, I want to retain the rights to all of that. You know, I wanted to keep my email list. I wanted to keep my name and and all of those things. So I did have a very tiny little list of about 300 people that I sent an email out to when I first decided I'm going to be doing some teaching and I'm going to try and teach online. And so out of that, about 300 people, uh, there were... I don't even remember, probably less than 200 who opted to stay on that email list. Mm -hmm. And I just started doing some social posts on Facebook. And I, I didn't even do Instagram at that point because I was, you know, I, I'm 59 years old and all this social media stuff. I'm I, I'm a huge tech geek, but, you know, it was all new. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, all that to say with the audience that I had, it was a little bit of a security blanket. I brought them with me, you know, so it was like, I just kind of visualized, okay, I'm going to write this email to one of the people that was on my list that I already knew, even though we had new people joining the list all the time, because I would go in to different groups, different needlepoint groups on Facebook and answer questions and, and help guide people the best way I knew how. I also started a blog and used that as a, another platform for me to be able to reach other people and draw them into our world. So, so yeah, it was kind of a gradual transition. So it wasn't just like one day I had all these people in my world and then the next day they were gone. So that was, like I said, a, a little bit of a security blanket. Yeah, so. yeah. No, but I love that because you came back to the connection. And like you said, you talked to that, you could visualize that one person on your list and mm -hmm. just really made sure that they felt seen, they felt heard and helping them out. And I think that speaks tremendously because it's, that's what this is really, it is all about that communication. It's just a different format. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I think the thing that people tend to forget is that, you know, this is a human to human connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what, what's so important is that there is an actual person on the other side of that email address and they have a life and they have hopes and dreams and fears at the same time. And so to just keep those, you know, those things in mind as you're communicating with your audience is always what I circle back to. Sometimes, you know, you can get distracted, but but coming back full circle to that is has always proven to be good for me. So mm -hmm. so so if we reround back to to that moment where you close the physical location yep. 
you bought into an online course if somebody else did a launch and you got yep. into their launch yep, and you exactly. become a buyer of their their program <laughs> right and, and then on the other side of it you're like wow maybe i can do the same thing and teach online and so when you had those 200 people and you started doing the blog you know the 200 people that remained on your list you started doing the blog like when was it that you actually did that first launch that you're like you know what i have this information everything i'm just going to take a risk and put myself out there the first time online well, there's a really fun story that goes along with that. So I completed that course, actually even got the little certificate, you know, I, I, I mean, took the quiz at the end and, and passed with flying colors. And so that was a, a huge accomplishment for me. Um, and I decided, okay, I'm going to, I have this idea. I'm going to put this idea out there. I also already had purchased a course called product launch formula back in 2015. So I had gone through and I had applied some of those principles to my brick and mortar business. And I thought, okay, I know there's this guy named Jeff Walker who has this thing. I've done some of the lessons. Let's revisit that. And so essentially what I did was a seed launch. Mm -hmm. And so I sent out an email to the people in on my list. And I said, I'm thinking about doing this resource center for Needlepoint online. And it would be a place where you could come and, and learn about things that have to do with your Needlepoint hobby. And um, if you're interested, then I'm going to be doing several little workshops that will give you a little bit of a taste of what it's going to be like. So you can sign up for those here. And basically what happened was I got a really good response. I also did some posts on social media and promoted it that way. And I, I want to say I may have boosted some posts, either that or I may have had a, I don't, honestly, I don't remember if I had a very small Facebook ad budget. If I did, it was like $5 a day or something. I mean, it was really, really tiny budget. And so we filled up those workshops and I said to myself, okay, if you get 30 people to sign up for this thing that you're offering, which essentially is a membership, it was a membership site. And if you get 30 people to sign up, then it's going to be a go because I wanted to, um, you know, create this platform or, you, you know, this, this online learning space for people, particularly in mind with those people who did not live in a place where there was a local needlepoint store where they could go and take classes. So, what ended up happening, we went through the whole process and I ended up with 35 people. Wow. So it was like, okay, I guess that means I'm supposed to do this. So <laughs> I, you know, I went ahead and that was in November. So that was around Thanksgiving that I did that. And then we actually launched the membership site in January of 2018. And it was very, very simple compared to what we have now. But yeah, that's how it all shook out. So, so there's a lot of things that you said. So I just want to like yeah. kind of okay. just, sure. just bullet point a, a few items. Like okay. number one, this is not like you're selling online things for like the last 20 years. And like, this is a, right. the next thing you're doing. So you really leaned in in recent time. You know, you, you had a brick and mortar and you transitioned, you know, online. You, yeah. you didn't have a huge email list that had tens of thousands of people on it. Like wow. you had a modest list of past clients that you started with, but then you didn't stop there. You in, going into like that initial launch that you did, you built your list going into that. Right. 
And also like you, you reasonably amplify that message, like $5 a day. It's not like you had thousands and thousands of dollars in Facebook ads uh, to get that out there. Uh, All this is very realistic for, I think a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then on top of all that, um, you reference because we we both understand we all know what a seed launch is, but those right. that are watching or listening might not understand. And it's like you sold something that technically was an idea that didn't exist yet, because we do see a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm going to try to build this thing like this course or membership first. They're in analysis paralysis for like six months, a year, two years. Yeah. They never get around to launching anything. But in a way it's kind of like proof of concept. Like you, you had 35 people that said yes. And I was like, okay, it's worth building, I guess, yeah. you know, you know, versus doing the opposite. And I just think yeah. that's amazing with all those, all those elements. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of like limiting beliefs. A lot of us have, we have to have a huge list. We have to have like this big background in this thing. You know, we have to build the thing first and like you basically destroyed all those things, you know, <laughs> it went for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want to build something for two reasons before, yeah, before selling it. The first reason was, okay, so if I build this thing and then it flops, you know, I've spent all that, that time and effort in doing this and it, it wasn't a success. And then the other was that really goes hand in hand with that is that this needs to be what my audience wants it to be. It doesn't need to be what I think it should be. I mean, yes, there can be elements of that built into it because as a professional needlepoint teacher and just a professional teacher, I mean, by education, that's my background is is in education. So yeah, I I knew that uh, there were things that people needed to know that they may not be aware of that they needed to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, in fact, it's, it's, it's really kind of funny. My course that I have sprung out of the membership because uh, there was, I know, I realized or I noticed that there were a lot of people who just didn't have the fundamentals of needlepoint down and they were wanting to do all these fancy projects using all these fancy stitches and, and fancy threads and make their projects look like needlepoint art when they didn't even have the fundamentals down. And so what I did in, in addition to that was there was a bonus that went along with that membership and it was, you know, join me for the membership and you get access to this course, the fundamentals of needlepoint, which is actually now called needlepoint made easy. So what I do in, or what I did was that course didn't exist either, but <laughs> it was one that was easy for me to teach because I've been teaching needlepoint for 14 plus years you know, in the store and beyond that even longer. So all that to say, there were two two products that didn't really exist, you know, and so we just did those in real time. And that's what helped me to develop the course that I have today, because getting feedback from the, the people who were the initial participants in that course, you know, there were things that they didn't know that I didn't think about. And so, you know, it, it's it really served me well to keep that open ended like that. That's so. wonderful. That's wonderful. It, it really shows like you, you listen to your people and then you, you evolved, you evolved your products, you evolved the way you, you did things from that first launch that you did that you said was a little bit more simple to nowadays. How have your launches evolved? How have things changed and um, how, how have you grown? <laughs> yeah. So with the course, I still try to keep things relatively simple. I will confess. So in the beginning, I'm, I'm such a shiny object person and there were so many different ways to go about launching a product. I mean, you know, you can, you can do an email launch 
uh, you can or an email campaign and you can do a workshop and you can do a challenge and you can do, I mean, all kinds of things. And I've done them all. And the thing that I failed to do in the beginning was be consistent enough times to be able to measure what's actually working and what's not. Mm -hmm. So what we do now is we've, we've pretty much got things down to rinse and repeat. And then we go in and try to fix those things that didn't necessarily work as well as we had hoped so that we can then tweak and and improve and then just continue to make incremental improvements. But now we, I do workshops for me and my audience that tends to work the best. So I do um, a one hour workshop and then invite people to either join me in the Needlepoint Made Easy course or in the, the membership, the Stitchers Club membership. But the messaging has gotten much more precise and concise. So I know better who I'm talking to and also trying to be super careful about keeping my eye on the target as opposed to scattershot. We're going to try and reach everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, the audience that I have for my Needlepoint Made Easy course, there are actually three audiences that that course will serve. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I still try to stay focused on the audience that is my membership audience because that's our our main product that we have. And so consequently, you know, staying focused on the people who are going to hopefully eventually get to that program um, is so important to me. And the messaging is is talking to those people um, and they may be brand new to Needlepoint or they may be self-taught or they may have done Needlepoint a long time ago and things have changed. But the ultimate focus is, and you want to make Needlepoint art. So we try to rein people in or bring people in um, from sort of the outlying areas, but with with the ultimate goal being to reach those people who want to create Needlepoint art and being able to articulate that in emails and, you know, being okay with, I'm not for everybody. You know, I know that my approach to teaching is not going to appeal to everybody. And there are plenty of people in the world who teach things a different way. Me being okay with that. And I'll admit, you know, there are times that, you know, it's like, oh, man, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not reaching, you know, more people? But then I have to stop and remind myself, I'm reaching the people that resonate with me. I'm not supposed to reach everybody. So, you know, there's another teacher out there for somebody that that doesn't jive with me and my messaging. So anyway, all that to say, you know, really keeping a focus on who it is that I'm serving through any ads that we do, through any social media posts that we do, and through all of our emails that we send out, um, just being really, really clear on who that person is that we're trying to serve, and then being okay with it when we, you know, when we have people who opt to not join us. Thank you for sharing that, because that's that's very much an abundance mentality. I think a lot of people that are new to business, they're naturally in scarcity where they feel like mm-hmm. there's only so many opportunities that exist. And if there are competitors, like the pie gets thinner slices. And and I'm glad that you brought that up because I I think, and, and Melissa and I, I think we're not immune to that mm-hmm. as well, as well as oh. we're not immune to, I think we're all 
those of us that are further along, and we, and we kind of bounce in and out of this, that we're recovering shiny object syndrome uh, people <laughs> yeah. as well. And uh, we, we try to you know, not relapse uh, you know, as much it's as possible. It's hard, though, isn't it? It's it so is, hard. It There's no fun <laughs> stuff <in> there. <laughs> now, now, knowing that, because that's the wisdom, I think, that we all get that that's further along, and you having these iterations over the last several years, um, bouncing around, then finding the thing. You know, because at least when you did bounce a little bit, you did find the thing that gripped the workshops for you. And then again, being consistent and like you said, being focused and you were able to say like, oh, how can I refine this and make it better and make it better? Now, if if somebody wasn't at that stage, though, and they were all the way at their beginning and they were about to launch for the first time, is there any advice or any input or wisdom that you might be able to give that person that's like in that that beginning stage? So, yeah, keep it simple. That's so important because you can, at least I can, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I know I'm not a unicorn in this sense, but I have a real gift for overcomplicating things. <laughs> and, you know, I have to remember, keep it simple and, you know, also document everything that you do, write down the things that went well write down the things that didn't go so well. And, and I would actually even go so far as to say, keep notes as you're actually going through the process, because what will happen is you think, oh, I'll remember that, but then you never do. Mm-hmm. And then once you've done that, you know, taken those notes at the end, go back and review those notes and then make a plan for how you can do it better the next time. What changes can you make? I mean, it's so important to, in my world, we call this a debrief. And so, and you may call it the same thing in in your business, uh, but what we do is we go through and we look at each phase of the actual uh, launch and we see what went well and that we want to repeat and then what didn't go so well why didn't it go well what can we do to change it and then to make those changes pretty quickly after you finish your launch because you know, if you want to make an offer to your audience on a regular basis time slips up on you so fast Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be at the last minute doing all these little things right before you're ready to go into um, an enrollment period for whatever program it is that you're trying to share with the world. So, you know, try and constantly keep things up to date and make those improvements quickly. Don't put yourself behind the eight ball at the last minute and then also create systems and document that, you know, have this is something that we did very, very poorly. I shouldn't say we, that's like the royal we, because it was me. I did that very poorly and my business grew relatively quickly. And so now we're having to go back mm-hmm. and create those systems and processes in our Google workspace so that we, when this happens, you know, somebody can walk in and can say, okay, When a member decides that they don't want to continue their membership, what do we do? What are those steps that Ellen would go through and do in order to help a member cancel their membership? Or I don't know, yeah, what's the process that Ellen would do if somebody can't get into their member portal? So lots of things that needed to be documented so that I wasn't constantly being, you know, pinged for, hey, what do we do now? You know, we've got this situation that arose. And so, you know, that was something that I really should have done a better job of in the beginning. And, you know, we I, lesson learned. 
So, yeah, no, it's great. And I, having those debriefs and documentation is so important because that's a goldmine of information there. That's how you're going to learn yeah. and improve. And then, and that also is what helps with, with all those systems. Um, I'm, de- I'm definitely into the systems and we definitely, <laughs> we, we have areas in our business too, where we do really well and there's all, oh, we need some systems for that yeah. too. Um, but talking about some of the, these experiences with you know, documentation and your findings and your experience too. Do you have any top tips through learning through all those, you know, those past launches for attracting clients? Like anything you want to share if you were talking to someone with attracting the, the, the ideal client into their world? Yeah. So one of the things that I learned early on was you have to stay in touch with your audience. And, and that goes so far as to even saying, Hey, I'm, and I did this in um, some of the groups that I'm a member of that are niche specific. Um, I said, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about creating XYZ and I'm looking for four to five volunteers who might be willing to hop on a phone call with me and to then do phone interviews with people to ask them questions um, and get their feedback give them an opportunity to talk though, because, you know, once you ask that question, like what, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to whatever, and then let them have the opportunity to talk, then you learn so much from what people will share with you. Um, Not only do you find out what is keeping them up at night when it comes to whatever that particular topic is, but you also get the language that helps you in your advertising, in your social media that you can use even in your email sequences that you, that you send out when you're promoting a a particular program. So, you know, that just remember that there's somebody again on the other side of that email address and that they do have, you know, those hopes and dreams and fears And your job is to serve them and help them to overcome the fears, to fulfill the dreams and the hopes. Mm -hmm. And um, just don't ever lose touch with who you serve, I think is probably the best advice that I could give to anybody. That's incredible because I I think we're in this day and age, we see numbers instead of human beings. Like we, we look at statistics and we see, oh, I have X amount of followers, I have X amount of likes, X amount of comments. X amount of, you know, uh, email subscribers. And we forget a lot of times, like those numbers are not really numbers. They're individuals and they receive everything as an individual as well. And, and and I love that again, circling back and just like, this is a human to human experience. And we forget about that. And by you creating those relationships, even at earlier stage with your market research of before you put something new in the market that you're going to reach out and into those groups and that have your potential clients in them and be able to get on those calls, I think is so key. Cause I think a lot of people just in a bubble, a lot of times they're just like, you know what, I'm just going to put this course or this membership together from their own perspective. And then I always say, it's like trying to force feed, like it's going down the cereal aisle, but your cereal is broccoli, you know? (laughs) And, you know, and it's like, you're just trying to force it down the kids throat, like, take it, buy it, buy it. It's like, oh, they're not going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Now you had that, that perspective and everything now, but if we were to, if we were to go back to that 2017 moment that you were in transitioning from real world to, to now, uh, just with the knowledge and expertise and like the courses and the per- firsthand experience of different iterations that you've been through, would the Ellen today have advice for the El- the 2017 Ellen? Um, yeah, I definitely would. It would be get out of your own way because 
you know, that's something that I was guilty of in the beginning. We talked just or, or earlier, just briefly about, you know, that abundance mindset. I think mindset in general is just such a huge part of, of any kind of business. But with a business like this in the online space, it's so easy, especially if you work by yourself, it's so easy to get into your own head and think, who wants to hear from me? What makes me think that what I'm doing even matters? Why does anybody want, would, does anybody want to know about this? I think doing things to self-development, quite frankly, do things that will help you to become the best version of yourself so that you can serve your audience better, you know, and, and again, you know, be confident in that you do have um, a message to share. Every single person is put on this planet, I believe, with a special set of gifts and talents and experiences. And you are the only person that can share whatever it is that you have to share in your way, because Nobody else has had the same experiences that you've had. I could have the same exact training as another person, but that person hasn't lived my life. So, you know, I think just remembering that I have a gift to give and it's my responsibility actually to make sure that I do serve those people who connect with me and serve them to the best of my ability and at the highest level that I possibly can. So, you know, uh, there's a person in the online space named Michael Hyatt, and I've followed Michael for years. And his wife actually has a, a quote that he shares often, when you lose your way, when you forget your why. And I think it's so important to remember why you're doing what you're doing, because that really is true. It's so easy to get off track and get in your own head and, you know, just just lose perspective Mm -hmm. when you don't remember every single day. I'm doing this because so. Yeah. The, the why is what's going to get you through those tough times. It's what's going to drive you to do, to do those scary things. And I think that's yep. just so important that you keep yeah. that. And I love that. I love that quote. That's really great. Yeah. And going back to those beginning times, you know, when you first started it, if you back in that time, you know, if you only starting over and only mm-hmm. had $500 to market yourself. <laughs> I would, we would love to know what would you, how would you use that to market yourself? Because a lot of people, they're in that same position. They're just yeah. getting started. They have limited resources. What would you do in that scenario? Well, yeah, I mentioned earlier that I had some Facebook ads that were like $5 a day. Yeah. So what I would do now is I would, knowing what I know now that I didn't know then, I have a, a free resource that I share with my with my audience and um in exchange for them you know they they get that and then they join our email list they're always free to opt out at any time so you know it's but you know it the resource that i have is um a guide uh, basically that shares tips it's applicable to people who are new to needlepoint people who have been away from it for a while and people who are self-taught so it really is kind of geared towards that audience that uh, best fits into that Needlepoint Made Easy program. And so what I would do is 
I would, there are two things that you could do or that I could have done. Continue to offer that freebie and then invite people in and maybe run some Facebook ads to that resource with a low budget or ideally come up with a a resource or even that same one. I'd probably want to improve the one that I have right now a little bit or make it a little bit uh, meatier, but then charge a nominal fee for that, you know, three, five, seven dollars for it. Because I think that does a couple of things. One, it helps offset your ad costs. Mm -hmm. And so you can then, instead of just watching that $500 decrease, you're continuing to keep that engine going with the ads. Um, Maybe boost some posts. That always worked pretty well for me. But, you know, there's a lot of value in organic traffic, you know, Mm -hmm. so don't discount the fact that you can get some really good traction if you offer helpful advice in communities that are pertinent to your niche. And a little bit of good advice can go a really long way. So, you know, just remember that you're serving people instead of selling people. And uh, I think that always is to your benefit. I love both examples that you gave because um, some people might not be prepared initially, but it would be maybe a stage two for them. But there there are a lot of ways that people don't realize that you can build your email list and make money while you're building your email list. Mm -hmm. So when the ad that you're running is feeding back into the the coffers, then, uh, you know, you can perpetually forever, you could take that $500 and keep recycling it, mm-hmm. or you can make a profit on it as you're building an email yeah. list of, of buyers, which I think is incredible. And also just not to forget, and I'm glad that you said that because the moment, a lot of times when we talk about money, it's like, oh, that's the only way you're going to be able to do this. Now in the real world, if you go out and you serve people and you have conversations, grab tea or lunch with somebody, if you go to a networking event, or if you go into meetings and give value, you end up mm-hmm. creating friends friendships for life. And it's like, and we, I think a lot of us forget about that online comes back to that human, human connection. And yeah. as you were saying, like going into like Facebook groups or other communities that have individuals that are like-minded that are already on that same journey and mm-hmm. showing up to give value, like not there to, to take, but there to give that people are just naturally going to be attracted to you, which I, I think is is really awesome. And and I and I think along the way, I think we could probably go full circles. Like, and I think you said a couple of times earlier on, it's like, and not to forget those things, you know. Yeah. So even when you're further along, yeah. you know, relation you shouldn't have grow taking time to create those relationships. You Absolutely. know, yeah. And I think a lot of people sometimes forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ellen, before we wrap up, any last words of advice for anyone going, getting started in this online space, starting a launch? You've given so much information already, but just would love to hear any last uh, words of wisdom that you could pass along. Well, you know, the one thing that I would encourage people to do is you have one life and you don't want to get to the end of that life and wonder, hmm, what if? What if I had whatever? Um, That's where I was, you know, and I've always been one to, well, we'll at least try, you know, the worst thing that can happen is it won't work and you learn from that and you pick up and you move on and do the next thing. My business today looks nothing like it did in the very beginning. Uh, And so, and I'm sure in the next three to five years, it will look completely different than it does today. So keep an open mind and an open heart and 
and just try because, you know, there's no harm in trying, you know, and there's nothing wrong with failing. You know, you learn. In fact, I would say, I don't think there are failures. I think they're just learning experiences and don't be afraid. Try not to be afraid. I know it's really, really hard, but try as best you can not to be afraid, you know, and, and build up that courage and, and just put yourself out there. So I love that. I love that. that is just really solid advice. And um, I, I know it's going to impact a lot of our listeners today, for sure. Um, I know people are going to listen more to what you have to say and follow and connect with you. So what's the best way that people could get in touch with you? Well, of course, if you want to learn how to do needlepoint, uh, serendipitynedleworks.com is my website. So we have lots and lots of uh, really great articles on our blog. Um, I also have some YouTube videos on our Needlepoint TV channel, and we're on social media as well. So I would love to teach some new people how to to stitch and bring people into the needlepoint world. Um, And uh, so there you go. Love it. Love it. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. This has been really awesome. You have oh, left so much information for people and so inspiring. And we just really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, well, again. it has been my pleasure and I appreciate the opportunity to, um, you know, to hopefully inspire or help somebody who's just getting started. Um, you know, that's something that is, is just near and dear to my heart. I had mentors along the way, and I'm thinking back in terms of my, my retail store, and it just meant the world to me. And, uh, you know, if, if anything that I can share to help somebody else uh, make their life a little bit easier is, is truly a joy. So. Thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you so much. If you would like to work with us and our team to help you snap up more sales and incredible clients with a stellar marketing strategy that works, go to AdaptiveMembership.com and sign up for our wait list. We have a limited number of spots in our exclusive program to set you up for success and take action. We're waiting for you at AdaptiveMembership.com.